Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason, so that our lives can impact the world. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, y'all, today we're wrapping up a four-part series we call Detox. And then last, or actually yesterday, wrapped up our 21 days of prayer, which was awesome. We actually do 21 days of prayer twice a year. We do it once in January and once in August. And all this is intentional because how many of you guys have ever gotten to the end of your summer and you feel like you're in a little slump? Anybody? Like summer starts off all fun and and free and we're excited and then kind of like the lack of schedule and all that kind of stuff begins to weigh on us towards the end. It's reversed for you. Well, you're special, man. I love you. Maybe it's just me then. That, like, I like my schedule and kind of got to get things back on track. And if I don't have a schedule and I don't have like a, kind of like a, a, a purpose and a direction, I, I tend to like feel like I'm drifting. And so that's why we're doing this detox series. That's why we did 21 days of prayer. 21 days of prayer was to get us all refocused on God because that's what prayer does. And then this detox series has been focused on eliminating those toxins that we've allowed into our lives. So I hope that the last four weeks haven't weighed you down, but they've kind of like freed you up, made you feel a little bit lighter, made you feel a little bit better, and ready to press forward in what God has for you in the future. Because here's what we've been doing for four weeks now. We've been detoxing. We're removing those toxic substances from our living organism. And when it comes to detoxing, our minds might tend to go towards like detoxing drugs and alcohol. Or maybe your mind goes towards like detoxing your body, like from a, going to like juice cleanse or something like that. Anybody want, did anybody try that throughout the detox here? No? Okay. Yeah, me either. But how many of you guys know that we need more than just a physical detox? And that's why in week one, we actually talked about detoxing your mind. And I gave you three things to take out of your mind. Anybody remember what those were? That's okay. I don't expect that. You got one of them there. Doubt, negativity, and sin are the things we need to take out. And then we need to put in three things, and that's God's word, worship, and prayer. Because an effective detox isn't just about taking the wrong things out. We also got to put the right things in. And then in week week two, we talked about detoxing your soul. And there were four things that we need to eliminate for our soul detox. And those were we need to eliminate unforgiveness. We need to eliminate comparison, anger, and worry. And then the four things that we talked about putting back in were right relationships, a God-defined identity, walking around knowing who we are in Christ, a crucified life, laying down my wants, my ambitions, my idea of life on on the altar and picking up God's plan for my life, and an eternal perspective, because you don't live once, you live twice. We got this life, which is real short, and then we got eternity. So we need to be thinking about eternity. And then last week, Dr. Mark Sherwood was here with us and gave us a really good perspective on what it looks like to pull out all those toxins that we've put into our bodies. Wasn't that just a good time, a fun time? If you missed that one, don't skip that one. Go ahead and listen to it on our website. It was good stuff. And all three of these messages were actually really good, and so that's why we put them on our website. So if you missed them, you can go catch them. Jody, what are you doing in the back, man? Trying a different seat like Mark Sherwood sold us last week, huh? That's... You're throwing me off, man. What's up with that? So if you missed those messages, you can catch them on our website, or if you want to just listen to them again, you can do that. But here's the deal. I got some good news for you. You can't stay in a detox forever. So just take a breath of relief. Ah, 
You know, uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood leads his, leads his staff and his clinic on a detox, like a body detox, several times a year. And get this, even Dr. Mark doesn't detox nonstop. It's a 14-day detox. And then they go into what's called maintenance mode. And I'm not saying that like we're all free now to welcome all those toxins back into our lives. Let's just let them back in. Not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that we cannot remain in an intense state of detox our whole lives because it's just not a sustainable plan. So that's why I've named today's message Maintaining Momentum. Because how many of y'all are like starting to feel better now that you've done some detoxing? So the question is like, how, how do we keep that? Like, how do we just keep pressing forward? That's the question I'm going to answer today. But let's start by reading a verse that I really think sets the tone for today's message. It's found in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your spirit, your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So that's the goal. Now that we have closeness with God, and now that we've been detoxed, how do we keep it? Like how many of you have made spiritual progress in the past just to find yourself like in setbacks later on? And if you don't want to admit it to yourself, like maybe you know somebody who's done that. Maybe, maybe it's the person sitting next to you. Go ahead and nudge them. Yeah, we all, we've all been there, so that's what I want to help you with today. How, how do we keep the progress that we've made in our spiritual journey? And for how long do we want to keep it? Well, just like the verse says, we want to keep it till Jesus comes back. We don't ever want to give it up. And it would be real easy for me to give you like a motivational talk today where I just like kind of pepped you up and we can do this, guys. We're going to keep moving forward. And then you'd get in your car, you'd be all excited and, and that excitement might carry you to lunch and, and then it would fall off and, and you'd have to go take a nap or something. You'd forget all about it. So in true Cade fashion, today I'm just going to give you some steps to take, which is why you actually have a handout today. How cool is that? First time ever at No Limits that we have a handout. So go ahead and pull out your pen and get it ready because you're going to want to fill in those blanks today. Because here's the deal. When you take these steps, you're going to find yourself maintaining momentum in your spiritual journey. Does anybody want to do that besides me? I want to keep moving forward. So I want to start by teaching you guys a leadership principle that was actually originally taught by John Maxwell. Great guy. And he called it the rule of five. And here's how it works. So imagine that you have a tree that you need to cut down. So you get up in the morning. You pick up your axe, you go and you hit that tree five times. One, two, three, four, five. Took less than a minute. You put your axe down, you go on about your day. The next morning, you get up, you pick up that axe, you hit the tree five times. Takes less than a minute. You go about your day. The next morning, you do it again. How many of you guys know that if you keep doing that, the tree's eventually going to fall down? Right? And so that's what the rule of five is. Like, you need to discover five things that you can do every day that are going to lead you closer to God. And it's not stuff that we do all day. It's stuff that we do every day, even if it only takes just a couple seconds. So this is actually a biblical principle, because in Proverbs 17, 24, it says, an intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. So a wise person, like, they focus on the right actions, and then they keep doing it, and they keep doing it, and they keep doing it, and they keep doing it. But a fool, foolish person, they do something one day, and then they do something else the next day, and then they do something else the next day. All the while, they don't even know why they're doing the stuff that they're doing. And I hate to admit to you guys, but I've been the fool before. Like, just kind of wandering around life. Maybe you've been there. But I want to be the wise person. So let me preface by telling you guys that today is, is going to be really simple. Like, all this stuff is stuff you've already heard. You just may not have applied it yet. 
But today is different. You're going to take today's message and you're going to apply it to your life and you're going to see it make a difference in your life. You're going to make progress one day at a time towards the amazing life that God's created for you. Because, well, when choosing these things that we're going to do every day, there's actually four things that you need to keep in mind. Don't worry, we're not to the fill in the blanks yet. I'll let you know when we're there. The first thing is you've got to be intentional. So like in other words, life doesn't happen to you. You happen to life. You're not going to take the back seat. You're not going to bow down to circumstances and the other things that are trying to hold you down. You're going to take control of your own life. You're going to zero in and you're going to focus on what matters. It's kind of like a snowplow going down the street, just moving away all the debris and all the roadblocks and all the things that are in its way. That's, that's being intentional. You're going to be intentional. And then the second one is you've got to be practical. So now that you have these intentions, you have to make them practical. practical. Like you have to pick up the axe and you have to hit the tree. Like you don't pick up a baseball bat to hit the tree, right? So some of you are out there, you're like working hard at trying to knock down your problem, but you're using the wrong tool and you keep doing it. And so you're real tired because it ain't working. So being practical is all about finding what works. Then you do it over and over and over again. Speaking of doing it over and over again, the next guideline is you got to be consistent. Let me tell you guys, this is like a love word for me. Like, it's, it's one of my, like, personal core values. I don't know why. I love consistency. Like, I'm the guy that, like, I'm, I'm looking at, like, like uh, Chris Will set up our small groups online, and I was looking at everything, and I noticed that on one of the groups, he put a capital PM instead of a lowercase PM. And I was like, oh, that's inconsistent. That's a problem. Does it really matter? Probably not. But that's, it's, it's a love word to me. And because, you know, it has so many positive impacts in, like, many areas of life. Like, be consistent with your parenting, and your kids are going to know what to expect. And when your kids know what to expect, they behave better. Because they know when they lie to you, things aren't going to go so well, right? Be consistent in your business, and all of a sudden you're an overnight success. At least that's what it looks like to other people because they didn't see the two years that you were getting up every day and working on your business before you saw the results two years later. So the thing about consistency is it's not hard. We can all do it. Like it's not a super skill. It's not a skill that only I have. Anybody can be consistent. You just have to take something that only takes you a few minutes a day, and you do it every day. You don't have to do it all day. You just have to do it every day. And I'm going to keep saying that because I don't want you guys to get overwhelmed today. You don't have to do this stuff all day. You just have to do it every day. And the last one is you got to expect results. And this one's really important because a lot of you are going to take this stuff home today, and you're going to, you're going to be like, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to apply this to my life. And I, I sure hope I hope Cade was right about this and that it actually works, but y'all hope ain't going to cut it because if all you're doing is hoping, you're going to get two weeks down the line and your life's not going to be perfect and then you're just going to give up. Like you have to expect this stuff to work because listen to me, it will work and you got to expect it to work. Can y'all do that? Yeah. So you're not going to give up even if you have to be consistent for years before you see results. Oh, man, I just said years, didn't I? I'm, I'm sorry, I meant to say days. Guys, some, some things are going to take years of consistency. Some things take hours of consistency. Like, everything just kind of requires a different amount of time, and you got to be willing to stick it out. The rule of five can apply to any area of your life. So you could have, like, five things that you do at work every day. You could have five things that you do for your health every day. You could have five things that you do for your marriage every day. And I recommend actually you guys picking an area of your life where you're struggling and then just coming up with five things that you can do every day to turn that situation around. 
And that's something that I want you guys to do on your own time. Like when you go home today, you can develop your own rule of five for whatever that is for you. But today, I actually want to give you five things that you can do to keep your spiritual journey moving forward. Because how many of you guys would agree that like the spirit part of us is probably the most important part? But in case you're not convinced that your spirit is the place to start, let me show you this scripture. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This is a really popular scripture, and you've probably heard it before, but I want us to take just a moment to let this sink in. Take a look at the screen. I want you just to read that to yourself real quick. Like, seek God first, and everything else just kind of comes together. If you need more income to meet your family's need needs, seek God first before you go out and get another job. If your marriage needs healing, seek God first before you try to change your spouse. It works in everything. So today I want to give you five things you can do every day that will help you to seek God first because it's going to impact your entire life. So let's get the most, first and most important thing taken care of, our spirit, and let God take care of all the other stuff. Now we're ready to write. I mean, you guys have just been antsy with those pens. Like, you're ready to write something. All right, so here's the first thing that we're going to do every day. That's we're going to acknowledge and thank God. And here's how simple this is going to be for us. You simply wake up every morning and you let your th- first thought be, God, you're awesome. Like, thank you that I don't have to live this day without you. We like to make this stuff, like, really complicated, but it's not. I, I just don't know that I could do that, Kate. Well, can you, can, you give me a, can you give God a few seconds when you first wake up to just acknowledge that he's there and to thank him for what he's done in your life? Like, we can all do that, right? And this one simple action repeated every day will have an amazing impact on your life because it's a great way to remind yourself that the whole reason you're here is because God created you, and he created you for a purpose, and he has a purpose, and when you get up, you get to walk out that purpose. Super awesome. And here's how David, who wrote the Psalms, here's how he did that. He said, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He's most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. So every day, before you pick up your phone, and before you get out of bed, just take a moment and say, thank you, God, you're so good to me. I acknowledge that you're here with me and you're going to help me walk through this day. I recently heard a story about an African king who had a friend who, like, regardless of what happened, good or bad, he would always respond with, this is good. And so one day the king and his friend went out hunting and the friend loaded the the gun for the king. Somehow he didn't do it right, so the king went to shoot his gun. It backfired and it blew off the king's thumb. Dang it. The king was so upset that he threw his friend in prison because he had that kind of power. So a year went by, and the king was going out hunting again, and he went into this really dangerous part of the country, and he actually got captured by a group of cannibals. And so there he was, like tied to a tree, about to be dinner for this group of people, and they noticed his thumb was missing. Well, they had this superstition that they can't eat anything that's not whole, So they quickly untied the king and let him go. And of course, the king's first thought was like, my friend, he's in jail and I left him there. So he immediately went to let his friend out of jail, told him what had happened. And what did his friend say? This is good. And the king's like, how can you be so happy after I just locked you up in prison for a year? He said, well, 
If you wouldn't have done that, I would have been with you. So let's all say it together, just like the friend said, this is good. And it's just an attitude. Like the secret to having everything is believing that you already do. Because you do. You don't have to have it all. You just have to believe that you already have it all. Because here's the deal. Because of what Jesus did for you, the kingdom of God is yours. And you know what that means? All that God has, all that God is, belongs to you. There's just something out there that lies to us and tells us we need a bigger house, we need a nicer car, we need more money. It's called the world, it's called Satan, like he's trying to deceive you, but you have everything that you need because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So every day we're going to acknowledge God and be thankful. And here's the second one. Every day we're going to talk to God. And I intentionally said, made this one talk to God instead of prayer because some of y'all get messed up on the word prayer. Like you think it has to be formal, you think you have to like talk eloquently, you think it has to be perfect and you have to have all your words together. And maybe that's why you haven't even come to first Sunday prayer yet because you feel like you got to have it all together and you got to have it perfect. Well, that's not the case at all. Because what prayer is, is just an authentic and, and relational conversation with God, just like you'd have with your best friend, just like you'd have with your mom. Prayer has nothing to do with impressing God. And this verse really brings it into perspective. Psalm 68, 19 says, Praise be to the Lord, to our God and Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Ah, daily. Like God wants you to share your heart. He wants you to be real. And that's what prayer is all about. He wants to be the first point of contact when something in your life isn't going quite right. He wants to be there for everything you're going through. We're even talking about all those things in your life that you hide from everybody else. Because maybe you, you feel bad that you're even struggling with it or whatever it is. Like, he wants to hear about it because he wants to help you through it. Every day, go to God and start with acknowledging him and thanking him. And then just spend a few minutes just to get vulnerable before the Lord and tell him where you're hurting. Tell him where you need his healing touch. Tell him what you need because he wants to hear it. Get that stuff off your chest because I promise you all, God can handle it. Your friend may not be able to handle it. Your wife may not be able to handle it. But God, he can handle it. And that's who you should take it to first. So one of the best ways to make sure that you do this every day, like that you talk to God, everybody would probably agree that this is a good thing to do, right? And, and you may have done it for the last 21 days. And then like, it's like, how do you keep it going? Well, you can actually find three things in the Bible that kind of help give you a structure and help you make sure that you talk to God every day. And the first thing is you, gotta, you need a specific time that you talk to God. Because have you ever noticed that the things that you do every day happen at the same time every day? Like you get up for work at the same time every day, you eat dinner at the same time every day. And this is one of the best ways to make sure that you talk to God every day. You put it on your schedule and you do it at the same time every day. I'm not saying you got to make a religion out of this to where like if you miss it, you're sunk. But just be intentional. I'm going to do this every day. At the same time every day, make appointment with God and prioritize it. Because David in Psalm 5.3 said, Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. So here we see that David talked to God every morning. Like he had a daily appointment with God in the morning. And he went to talk with God in the morning. All right, here's the second way to make sure that you talk to God every day. That you've got to have a specific place. Like find a place in your house where you can go talk to God without distraction. Like you can light candles. You can play music, like do whatever, what, do whatever you need to do to make it a special place with God. Some people call this their prayer closet. Maybe it really is your closet. I don't know. For me, I go upstairs at my house and I pray in my office because um, I can't tell you how many times that I've like 
snuck off to our master bathroom in our house. Like, I was sure that nobody saw me. Just within milliseconds, one of my kids barged in through the door. Like, that's, that's the story of my life, and every parent with small kids knows all about that. So there is no sacred place on the main floor of our house where our kids don't go in and out of. So I go upstairs. But wherever that is for you, just find a place that can become special to your prayer time. It's kind of strange, but once you establish this, it helps you to like get into that attitude of prayer just kind of when you step in to that space. Check this out. Even Jesus did it. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went to a, an isolated place to pray. And if Jesus needed an isolated place to pray, I, I kind of guess that we do too. So this could be a room in your house or like you could go out on an early morning walk with your dog, like whatever it is for you, just find your place that you talk to God. And then here's the third thing, you got to have a specific plan. And this one's going to mess some of y'all up because you hate planning. Mm. Like you're, you want everything, just kind of go with the flow and do what you want to do when you want to do it. Well, I hate to break it to you, but even Jesus, well, he had a prayer plan. Like the Son of God had, like, went into his prayer time with a plan. Anybody else wondering, like, why, why wasn't his prayer just led by the Holy Spirit? I mean, this was Jesus, and he had a plan. Well, luckily, he didn't keep his plan to himself, but he shared it with us. It's found in Luke 11. Jesus is talking to the disciples here because they were like, hey, Jesus, how do we pray? Because we're, we're struggling here. He said, here's how you pray. Our Father in heaven... So that's the first little structure there. It's just you just connect with God relationally. You acknowledge him as your father. Like he's not this far off power. God, you're my father. You're here with me. Hallowed be your name. Your name is great. You're my healer. You're my sanctifier. You've made me new. You've made me clean. And it's your name that did all of this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is just your part of your prayer time where you like take a minute to pray God's agenda because we know that God, you know what God's concerned about? All those people out there that don't know him. So we take a moment and we pray for those people and we ask God to open their eyes and we ask God to put people across their path and we pray for our leaders because that's also God's heart. We pray for our government, we pray for our our boss and we pray for all that stuff. Give us this day, our daily bread and all, all you're acknowledging there is that you need God to get through this day. Like, God, I can't do this by myself. Like, I need your provision. I need your nourishment. I need you with me. And forgive us our sins for... For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. How many of you all need to take time every day just to remember that God forgave you for what you did yesterday, for what you did 10 minutes ago, for what you did 10 years ago? And then you, and then you need his help to extend that forgiveness to others. God, I lay down all my offenses. I lay down what that other person did wrong to me. I lay down what my spouse said to me 10 minutes ago. I give it to you, and I forgive them just like you forgave me. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And this one kind of gets people messed up, but basically what that's saying is you're, you're engaging in spiritual warfare because the Bible tells us that we're not fighting a physical battle, we're fighting a spiritual battle. And we need to take time to stand firm and realize who we are in Christ and that the battle's already been won. It's good stuff. So this, this prayer plan here takes you on a journey of connecting with God relationally, and then you worship his name, and then you pray his agenda, then you depend on him completely, then you accept his forgiveness, then you extend forgiveness to others, you engage in spiritual warfare, then you express your faith in his ability. How many of you think that that's a good plan? Can anybody come up with that good of a prayer on their own? I think Jesus had it pretty well ironed out. And that's actually why we give you guys uh, these uh, pray first prayer guides every 21 days of prayer. And here's the cool thing. We actually have these available all the time. You just got to ask us for them because they stay in a cabinet if it's not 21 days of prayer. I want you all to take these prayer guides home. And I want you to have them always available because 
I don't ever want you to get like in, where you choose your specific place and time and then you get up there and you sit there and you don't have anything to say and so you fall asleep. Or, yeah, I've been there too. Or, or whatever happens. Like, you take this with you because then you've got a plan. So whenever you're staring at the wall and you don't got any, some days you're going to go up to pray and you're going to be like, I mean, it's just going to be like the fire's falling and it's going to be a good time. Then other times you're going to sit down and you're going to be like, man, I'm barely awake right now. And that's when you pull out your prayer guide and you work through the Lord's Prayer or you work through the Tabernacle Prayer or there's even like a prayer guide in there for you can, so you can pray for the lost. There's a whole list of scriptures in there so you can just pray through scriptures. How many of you guys have actually been using this book? It's really helpful. Take it home. I want you to have one. If you've taken one home before and you've lost it, grab another one because we've got plenty to go around. I want you guys to have these available. So we're talking about developing five things that we're going to do every day for spiritual growth. And here's the third one. Read and submit to God's Word. And both of these words are important because you need to read it and you need to submit to it. Like, don't try to make God's Word fit your life. Like, make your life God's Word, right? Don't interpret God's Word through the lens of what you deem to be moral and right. Interpret what you deem to be moral and right through God's Word. So when you find something in the Word that you don't agree with, you don't try to justify it with your incorrect thinking. You update your thinking and say, thank you, Lord, for changing my mind and renewing my mind. Why do we do this? Why is it important? Well, Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. So the word of God doesn't just apply to this life, it applies to eternity. So, like it's going to be around forever, so we might as well learn to submit to it right now, because at some point you're going to have to. Joshua 1.8 says, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Guys, this is a really good idea. Like, it is so good. But if you're not convinced that it's a good idea, let me show you what, ha what they say. Just, this is the same verse, just continued. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Like, y'all, this isn't for God's benefit. It's for yours. Like, he did this for you. He wants you to live your best life. I want you to live your best life, and that's why I bring you the word every Sunday. And the only way to find yourself living your best life is whenever you read and submit to God's Word. That's why one of our six core values is we take God at His Word. Because without the Word of God being ultimate truth in your life, you'll never live your best life. You'll, find, you'll never find limitless life in Jesus, and your life will never have the impact that it's supposed to have if you do not read and submit to God's Word. Remember, we're not talking about things that you do all day. We're just talking about things that you do every day. So you, you all can just read one verse a day. And that would do the trick, as long as you read it and submit to it. So every day, read God's Word. And then as you go throughout your day, just look for opportunities to apply God's Word to your life. So I'm giving you the five things that you can do every day to move your spiritual journey forward. And here's the fourth one. Maintain meaningful relationships. Oh, man, this one might mess some of y'all up. Because when you think of your spiritual journey, you're like, it's just me and Jesus. Like, I just need my quiet time where I can open my Bible and sit down and talk to Jesus. Well, God had another plan. In Hebrews 3.13, we read, but encourage one another, how often? Daily. As long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's really interesting. Turns out we need each other. And God's plan for us is to have close, meaningful relationships so that we always have somebody looking out for us and keeping us from falling into sin's deceitfulness. 
Isn't that interesting that God would use others to do that? You probably realized how tough it is to build meaningful relationships when we're just here on Sunday mornings, which is why we have small groups. Small groups are awesome. But listen to me, you don't need another church service. Y'all don't need something else to do. I don't need something else to do. We're all busy enough. But you do need meaningful relationships with other people in this church. And that's why you have to, and you got to do it on purpose. And we give you an opportunity to do that on purpose by being a part of a small group. Because here's the deal. Small groups, they're not about a Bible study. They're not about getting with other people who are like you. They're about building relationships. So you may get together because you, like, you all like fishing or because you're all entrepreneurs or because you're all women. But that's not the purpose of getting together. It's just an excuse <laughs> for us to get together. The reason we prioritize small groups at No Limits is because we need each other. I need you. You need me. And we need more than just this Sunday morning service. We can't live our best life on an island by ourselves. We can't keep ourselves out of trouble when we're by ourselves and hiding in all of our, our mess-ups and, and, and all that stuff. Like, you're not going to find freedom that way. You find freedom whenever you build meaningful relationships with others. We need each other. But here's the cool thing. Our fall semester of small groups kicks off in two weeks. And hopefully after our little talk right there, you, you don't feel like you can wait that long. But it'll be here before you know it. We're actually opening enrollment for small groups today. So here's the cool thing. You can find and join your small group today. And we actually have six groups to choose from. They're all meeting at different days and times. Don't be overwhelmed by that there's six choices. Just read over them. And whatever one just kind of resonates with you, like that's your group. And if for some reason that group doesn't work with your schedule, I want you just to find a group that does work with your schedule, even if it's not your number one choice, because we all need to be a part of a small group, because we all need those relationships. Because the topic isn't the purpose, relationships are the purpose, and I want you to turn to your neighbor, I want you to say, you best join a small group, or I'm going to sign you up myself. (laughs) You know, the leadership team here at church actually decided way back in January that small groups was our one focus for the year. So every meeting when we've got together, that's the one thing that we've talked about. How can we make small groups better? How can we get people involved in small groups and all that? Like if we can just end this year with thriving small groups, we know as a leadership team that we've served you well. Like that's our measurement of success. So by the end of the year, we actually want our small groups to be just as important as our Sunday morning services. And not just to us, but to everybody that's a part of our church. So I hope that you're like starting to catch that vision and that small groups are becoming important to you because they are important. And I could stand up here and I could talk about small groups all day. So we better move forward. I'll stop. So every day, here's what we're doing. Giving you five things. Every day we're going to acknowledge and thank God. Every day we're going to talk to God. Every day we're going to read and submit to God's word. Every day we're going to maintain meaningful relationships. And here's the last one. Every day we're going to surrender My life to God. I like how the Apostle Paul said this one. In 1 Corinthians 15.31, he said, I die daily. Probably the shortest scripture I've ever put up there for you guys. And he obviously wasn't talking about physical death here because you only get to experience that once. But what he was talking about was dying to himself. Like he, he had to set aside his wants, his desires, his agenda, And pick up God's, God's life for him. And here's how Jesus said it. 
In Luke 9, 23, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. How many of you notice that there's things that you want to do that don't line up with what God wants you to do? How many of you have felt the pull to do things that you know will keep you from living your best life? That's why we have to put our own desires to death daily, like our, our opinions, our attitudes, our ambitions, our agenda. We all got to surrender those to God every single day. Like not just once, not just that moment when you gave your life to Jesus. You got to do it every day because for some reason those suckers just keep on showing up. Every day you got to choose to give up your own way and surrender your life to God. And it may sound painful. Sometimes it is. But it's the one and only path to your best life. It's to surrender your life to God every day. Like if you want to be all God created you to be, then you have to lay down the life that you've created and you have to pick up the one that he created. And you may grieve a little over some of the things you're letting go, but on the other side of that is freedom. On the other side of that is joy. And on the other side of that, you find your purpose. You make a difference. And you live your life more fulfilled than you ever could have imagined. And I imagine we all have something in our lives that's like been, that we've been keeping around that's not part of our best life. And today, before we go, I want to give you guys just some time to surrender that to God. Whatever it is, just between you and God. So everybody just go ahead and close your eyes. Bow your heads. Forget about what's going on around you. Turn your attention towards God. And I want you to just, whatever that is, even if it's multiple things, surrender it to God this morning. Let it go. some of you there may just be like this strong pull on the inside of you because it's time like it's time to surrender your life to Jesus for the first time like you know you're not that good at managing your life anyways and it's time to give Jesus the control of your life it's time to receive his forgiveness and get your past washed away and if that's you if you're ready to do that I'm going to say a prayer and I want you just to repeat it after me and when you do here's what Jesus is going to do he's going to he's going to wash you clean he's going to give you new life he's going to fill you with joy He's going to fill you with peace. And he's going to fill you with purpose. So church, let's join them in saying this together. Say that, repeat this after me. Jesus, I've been living without you and I don't want to do that anymore. I've done a lot of things wrong and I need your forgiveness. I accept your love and grace for me. And I ask that you'd be my Lord. 
Thank you for making me new. Thank you for washing away my past. I hand my life over to you. And I ask that you would help me walk out your plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, look up here at me. If you said that for the first time or maybe you just rededicated your life, I want to know about it. So I want you just to come up and tell me. I'm not going to embarrass you in front of everybody. Just come up and tell me. Say, hey, Cade, I gave my life to Jesus today. Don't leave today before you tell me that because I want to hear about it so I can celebrate with you. All right, you guys, before we go today, I want to give you an opportunity to give. Because when you give, you know, you're not just further in the mission of No Limits Church. You're also a part of all the outreaches that we get to be a part of, including Don't Look Back Prison Ministry, the Philippines Missions Work, Mexico Missions, Pregnancy Resource Center, and I just can't wait to keep adding to that list. It's so awesome to be able to be a part of all of that. So if you're giving by cash or check, just go ahead and raise your hand, and one of the guys will bring you an offering envelope. Or if you're uh, giving by debit or credit card, you can use the instructions on the screen behind me. Or if you're actually listening to this message online right now, just head to your browser and type in nolimits.fyi, kind of like nolimits.com. Just use .fyi instead and then tap that giving button. And while you all are preparing your giving, I actually want to tell you a little bit about uh, something new with Don't Look Back. You guys have seen, if you've been around for a while, um, that they have a house. So their primary ministry is they go into the prisons and they share Jesus every week. They're sharing Jesus with these guys. And then just, I think, as little over a year ago, somebody gave them a house to house these guys after they get out of prison, and it needed a lot of work. You guys probably saw pictures and videos of that. Well, here's the good news. Last week, after church, um, I went to an open house at the Don't Look Back house because it's open and and it's ready to receive guys that are coming out of prison and needing to get their life back on track. So, yeah. Coolest thing about that is you guys were a part of that through your giving. Super, super awesome. All right, let me pray over our offering. God, I thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you that you supply all of our needs, God. I I speak over every family in this room, God, and I thank you that your provision is all over them. God, if they they have a need that needs to be met, if if they're struggling with their bills every month, God, I ask that you would show them the path that they need to take, show them the decisions that they need to make to get things back on track, God. And I just ask that you release a supernatural blessing on their lives in Jesus' name. And I thank you for for the giving. I thank you for the generosity of this church, that you're taking it, you're multiplying it, and you're making a difference with it all around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.